And so what I encourage either group of those people to do is create what I call a bare bones budget. And so I want you to sit down and I want you to figure out if how little could you live on? This is covering your core, core bills, your mortgage, your insurance payments, making sure your family has food, making sure you can get to work, those kind of things, just the core, core basic needs. Forget everything else. Forget haircuts, forget new clothes, whatever. Bare, bare, bare basic needs. And see how much that costs you a month. And then I want you to compare that to what your income is. And the reason that we do this is we say, how much choice do you really have with your money, right? So some people will sit down and they'll do this math and they'll say, okay, it costs me $3,500 a month to have my bare bones budget to live. And I make $5,000 a month after tax. And then they get this realization that I have $1,500 every month that I get to decide where that money goes. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood, because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hi, Chelsea. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. Oh, of course. I'm super excited to chat with you about all things money. (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell us just a little bit about yourself, your family, your background, and anything else you want to share with our audience? Absolutely. So I'm Chelsea Braddon. I'm the founder of Smart Money Mamas and our membership community, the Motivated Mama Society. I have two crazy little boys who just turned three and five, and I live with my husband in Connecticut. My background is I was actually a hedge fund manager and I worked on Wall Street before I left a little over three years ago to start Smart Money Mamas. I really wanted to have more impact directly with families and helping people feel more confident with money and also wanted some more flexibility in my life as a working mom. That sounds amazing. So you first started out in a different career, correct? Where did you start and how did you get to make Smart Money Mamas and create that whole space for moms online? Absolutely. So to go way back in college, I was trying to decide whether I wanted to go work on Wall Street or become a teacher. I always loved teaching. I loved that one-on-one interaction with people. And I decided to pursue Wall Street first. I was kind of of a mindset. If I did that job first and saved some money, I'd be able to do whatever I wanted as like a second act career. So I went to Goldman Sachs in New York City. I worked there for several years. I ended up moving to a hedge fund where I managed over a billion dollar portfolio, which intellectually was very, very stimulating. But the work-life balance was pretty terrible. (laughs) My first son, uh, when he was born, I would see him for 15 minutes a day. I left before he woke up in the morning. I got Mm -hmm. home just in time to read him a book and put him to bed. And so, and then I worked a lot of weekends and that was just very, very difficult. And so right around his first birthday, I'd been in this mom's group since I had found out I was pregnant. That was all women who were having their first babies the same month I was having my son. And so we connected, we'd gotten to know each other really well. And I had become kind of the go-to person to answer money questions. And so right around his first birthday, I realized I was answering a lot of the same questions over and over. So I decided to start a blog as like a creative outlet to answer those questions and really just start writing about money. 
And that was the basis of what ultimately became Smart Money Mamas. I just loved doing the work. I loved seeing the impact on our readers. And 10 months after I started the blog, I left my job to do it full time. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I think it's so very needed because as moms, I think a lot of us are sort of like the managers of our finances in our households. <laughs> so Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's great that you seen that need and started that. So, you know, as moms that are listening to this and they're starting to think about, you know, how they can better manage their finances, or maybe they're like stressed out about it because they've never had a good relationship with money before. Maybe they've had a lot of like negative experiences with it. What would you tell them to start thinking more positively and get a better mindset around money? Absolutely. So the first thing I'd say is that you're not alone. I think a lot of us expect that we're supposed to magically have these, you know, quote unquote, adulting skills as we get older. And we look around, we're like, I'm 30, I'm 35, I'm 40. And I, I still don't really understand money. And so first of all, you're not alone. It's not something that you've done wrong. We're not easily taught about money. The second thing I tell you is that you do hard things every day as a parent, right? Like one of the funny examples I always use, if you could pull the, a splinter out of a screaming toddler's foot, you could probably <laughs> figure out how to manage your money. And so where I'd start is look backwards for a minute about what your money experiences were as a child. I think a lot of us don't realize that many of our core money beliefs are set by the time we're about seven. And we can shift those, but they kind of get rooted pretty deeply around that age. And so if we're not conscious about it, they continue to run in a loop in our head. And so I'd look back and say, you know, what was the first memory you have about money? And what was it a positive memory or was it a negative memory? And if you can't pull that out, think about the first time you saw someone pay the bills in your house or how your parents talked to each other about money or whether you felt like there was enough growing up. And think about those stories and what that meant to you and whether that's the mindset you want to have going forward. It's the mindset you want to pull change for your kids. And so mm -hmm. what I'd say is once we identify it's much easier to figure out what our mantras, what our money beliefs need to be. Because when we go on Instagram, right, and we scroll through and we see these money mantras that people are putting out, they mm -hmm. might not speak to us or they might feel just really untrue, especially as like we try to say them over and over, but there's that deep seated thing that's contradicting it in our brain. And so it's really a matter of going back and then taking the small steps to create little wins, right? I think that often we see this, you know, as moms come into the Motivated Mama Society and they've spent a long time trying to figure out money and they've bought budgeting courses and they've done all the things and it just hasn't worked. They think they have to have it all figured out at once. And so whether that means you're putting $5 a month into an emergency fund or you're cutting one bill this month, right? It's giving yourself proof that you can do money well, even if it's teeny tiny beginner steps. Yeah, I love that. Just take the first step in front of you and not worry about like the whole big picture, right? Just take exactly. a couple baby steps. That's so, so key, I think, for people to hear because sometimes they can just get so overwhelmed thinking about the whole process ahead of them. But if they just start taking those baby steps, I think that just brings so much more confidence too. Absolutely. So one of the biggest like money mindset struggles, I guess I would see, and I've had this myself in the past is people feel like there's never enough money. I think that does come from somewhere in childhood. So most often, maybe your parents felt like that, or you had experiences where you feel like even if you get money, it's never enough, or you are, feel like you're bad at managing it and things like that. What 
advice would you give to those moms who feel like that? So I think there's two situations here, Kelly, right? There's the families that truly do not have enough money, right? We talk about people living below the poverty line. That is a situation that's very different, right? And then we have to think about how to earn more money, how to give yourself permission to ask for help and do all of those things, right? There's so much shaming around getting the support that you need. And if you need to reach out for social services and do things like that, I would encourage you to start there. And then Mm -hmm. we can start to think about, you know, some real mindset and work on earning more. There's another group of people who have enough money physically, but they don't feel like they do, right? It's that like lack of safety. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about the money hierarchy of needs, Kelly, you're in the society. And so you've probably seen that as well. But we talk about how much of Maslow's hierarchy, which if you're not familiar, is really about reaching self-actualization in the best version of yourself. How much of that is really tied to our finances because of the societies and cultures that we live in? And so what we see typically is that people have advanced past what they would think is you know, basic physiological needs, basic safety, and that they still feel unsafe. And so what we've found there is one of two things. One, you've got a major mindset issue that comes from childhood. And we'll talk about that in a second. Or there's a step in safety that you haven't actually covered your bases on. You don't actually have a big enough emergency fund. You're actually mm-hmm. still living with too much debt. And so even though there's enough money to pay the bills, that anxiety from not having a, a strong safety foundation still continues to creep up. We see this a lot with high earners. And so what I encourage either group of those people to do is create what I call a bare bones budget. And so I want you to sit down and I want you to figure out if how little could you live on? This is covering your core, core bills, your mortgage, your insurance payments, making sure your family has food, making sure you can get to work, those kind of things, just the core, core basic needs. Forget everything else. Forget haircuts, forget new clothes, whatever. Bare, bare, bare basic needs. And see how much that costs you a month. And then I want you to compare that to what your income is. And the reason that we do this is we say, how much choice do you really have with your money, right? So some people will sit down and they'll do this math and they'll say, okay, it costs me $3,500 a month to have my bare bones budget to live. And I make $5,000 a month after tax. And then they get this realization that I have $1,500 every month that I get to decide where that money goes. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is we get so into this rhythm of spending in a certain way and buying the things we feel like we're supposed to buy. And it just becomes automatic that we feel like we've lost any sense of agency. There's a ton of people who feel like they don't have control when it comes to money. And that creates a lot of fear. And so this exercise is saying, okay, I have $1,500 of choice. And so now I'm not going to live on my bare bones budget. Nobody wants to do that. That's a very scarcity mindset way to live. What we want to do is we want to use that as kind of like the scaffolding that builds the rest of your budget. And now you say with that $1,500, what do I want to do with it? Okay. I want to pay off $200 of debt every month. That's going to go first. I want to make sure we can go out to eat twice a month. I'm going to put money in there for that and add it back in a way that feels good to you. And so that you bring some of that agency back and you show yourself that you do have security, right? Mm -hmm. And it's also identifying, I think this goes hand in hand with the mindset piece. And, you know, we've already told you the first thing to do is to go back and look at your money history. It's why Thriving Mindset is the first big course within the society, because Mm -hmm. we're going to find people who say like, I can't, I always use groceries because it's so easy for people, but I can't cut my grocery budget, right? Like no matter what, my pantry is full of food, my drop freezer is full of food, like I just can't cut my grocery budget. And that's where it takes identifying what your mindset issue is. And sometimes we find people who didn't have enough food at periods growing up, right? Their parents went through a divorce or a loss of a job and they were hungry for a period of time. And so cutting the grocery budget isn't the easiest place to start for them because even if they have enough food, if they're playing that kind of like, I have just enough food for this week, 
it puts them into that fight or flight mode. And so for them, maybe starting cutting your grocery budget isn't the first place to start. Like, let's go somewhere else and handle that first and come back to when we're feeling more secure, we can handle that grocery budget. So it's also paying attention to where those old fears and traumas are. But I definitely start with the bare bones budget. Yeah, that is such great advice. It lays it out so clearly because again, like some people can get so overwhelmed with just thinking about the whole process, but just Mm -hmm. starting with that one thing and going from there, I think is so key to just continuously working on this, you know, over time. And yes, of course, your society has been amazing. Like I love being in there. All the resources in there are awesome. So everyone should definitely go check that out. Hi, mamas. I wanted to tell you about the course I am going to be launching. So this course is the Working Mom Collective Business Launchpad. And this is for you if you're looking for an actionable plan to build your online business. And that's whether you want to build a side hustle, an online business to replace your day job, or maybe you're a mom who's currently not working for any number of reasons. Maybe you left your job in the middle of the pandemic or something else like that. And you really want to build a plan for an online business that is straightforward and will take you from your idea to an actual action plan for moving forward. And so I really would recommend getting on this launch list because I'm going to be sending out some freebies and some special bonuses and a special discount for the people that join the wait list. So again, you can go to the workingmomcollective.com slash purpose to sign up and to find all of the other details about the course. Hope to see you on the inside, mamas. But yeah, just thinking about these things and how we can start making, I guess, healthier decisions when it comes to money, I think is so important. Absolutely. So you mentioned briefly an emergency management fund, and I know you also have the family like emergency binder that you offer. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about why that is sort of important to have sort of an emergency plan laid out for your family? Yeah. So these are two a little bit different things. And the first being, you know, that emergency fund is we all saw in 2020, right? That things Mm -hmm. happen unexpectedly and we might be laid off from a job. We might be facing, you know, a period of time where we have to stay home when we weren't expecting it. Or, you know, there's a lot of talk right at the beginning of the pandemic last year of people saying, you know, you should go stock up on toilet paper and groceries. (laughs) Yeah. And And some of that was overblown, but for a lot of people, that's not an option, right? When you don't have any money buffer, when you just have enough to pay the bills that month, that gets an even scarier situation, right? And so having an emergency fund, you know, generally what gets recommended is three to six months of expenses. And that can be a really scary number if you don't have much emergency savings. So I'm going to step it back for a second and say, A, this is not necessarily replacing your income. It's replacing that bare bones budget. Like, let's make sure you can stay safe and healthy, you know, for that period of time. So let's take three to six months of that bare bones budget, not your whole budget. 
And then if you're not there yet, set smaller goals, right? Ultimately, we'd like to get to three to six months, but for some people that takes two plus years to get to that much savings. And so start with, I'm going to save $500 and then I'm going to save one month of emergency fund and just kind of keep tacking it on. It doesn't have to happen right now. It's just, that's the ultimate goal. And so that protects you, you know, whether it means you have some big expense, like a car accident that insurance doesn't cover or something like that, or, you know, a job loss and so forth. So that's the emergency mm-hmm. fund. And that's one piece of a smart emergency plan for a family. When we talk into the family emergency binder, now we're thinking about, okay, let's look, talk about really traumatic situations, right? Whether somebody's been incapacitated, you're separated from your family, right? You're on a business trip and you can't get home or premature death. Someone's passing away in your family. And so we talk about building a structure for that. We're moms, right? Everyone listening to this podcast is moms. And that means we have responsibility for the tiny humans in our lives, whether or not we're physically here, right? And so emergency fund protects some of those things. Life insurance is the next big pillar. We have to make sure that financially our family is stable, whether or not we're there, whether or not our partner is there, if we have one. And so this is replacing lost income. This is making sure your family can stay in your home. If both, if you're a single parent or if something happens to both you and your partner, making sure the guardians of your children have the money they need to raise them, right? And so that's life insurance. And we recommend for like 99% of families, that's term life insurance. It's more affordable. It's easy to get. And it's basically all you need. So that's pillar two. Pillar three would be actually having an estate plan. And I can't tell you how many times, Kelly, people are like, but I'm only 34. Like, do I really need an estate plan? Yes. (laughs) An estate plan, even if you don't have a lot of assets, you know, an estate plan isn't just for people who are wealthy and gray haired, right? This is about making sure that there are guardians named for your kids. And something I remind parents all the time of is if you do not have an estate plan, your state's family court will decide who gets guardianship of your kids. This Mm -hmm. makes this process incredibly drawn out. It means it could be contested if multiple family members want guardianship of your kids. It creates a lot of instability for your kids. And it could mean that someone ends up raising them that wouldn't be who you chose, that doesn't have the same values that you do. And so an estate plan is your opportunity to name those people. And if you don't have a lot of assets, this can be a really quick, straightforward process. I'm a huge, rec- I recommend Trust and Will, who's an online service, and their mm-hmm. will start at like $69. You could do it all online. They walk you through it very, very clearly. I wouldn't necessarily recommend free options because every state is different. And if you fill the paperwork out wrong, it can cause a lot of chaos. So something like Trust and Will that's affordable and fast works for a lot of families. So start there. Make sure you have an estate plan. The last piece that you mentioned is our family emergency binder. And so those three things, your emergency fund, your life insurance policy, your will, those are all fantastic things to have. But when something goes wrong, there's all kinds of little things that we do to run our lives, right? It's who's our kid's pediatrician. It's how to pay the cable bill. It's where is your life insurance policy, right? Who do you even own the policy through? And how do you apply for that? Make Mm -hmm. sure that you get that payout. And so the Family Emergency Binder organizes all that information in a very clear, very accessible way. So whether your spouse is picking up the torch or a parent or a next of any next of kin, it's very easy to follow. And especially as our lives have gotten more online, more complicated, you know, once upon a time, we would be going through our parents or somebody's filing cabinet and trying to find the statements. And that could be really, really messy if they didn't have a plan, but at least the paperwork was mostly there. 
in our cases, a lot of us have online paperwork, online billing. There's no real way to track it easily. And so the family emergency binder lays it out of like, what are the logins that you need? Where is auto pay happening for? This is something we hear all the time where, you know, there's an account with $1,500 in it, it gets passed to the next of kin. They take the, they withdraw the $1,500 and close the account. But it turns out that the power bill was on auto pay from that account. And now the power gets shut off because that account is empty, right? And so it's actually just spelling that out of like, hey, here are the bills that we pay. Here are the ones that are on auto pay and the accounts that they come from auto pay from. And it takes a little bit to set this up, but once it's done, it's a huge, huge weight lifted. And it's something you can use all the time, right? We use it when we go away. There's a section of it we pull out for whatever grandparents are watching the kids. When we moved, we bought a house about two years ago and you don't have to change the address on all of your things that you've ever signed up for. Yeah. Those were all spelled out in the binder. So I literally just flipped through the pages, made sure we got addresses changed on absolutely everything and it makes our lives easier. So those are the kind of pillars of having an emergency plan. It's just a matter of, you know, I think about it as not as, you know, doomsday thinking, but as an act of love, right? Whether or not you can be there when you have these things set up, you can love and care for your kids, even if you're not there. Yes, I love looking at it that way. I definitely have heard the comments before, like, I'm only 30. Why do I need this? And it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think we all should start thinking about this as at least as soon as we have kids, I think. Absolutely. Um, If not earlier, but definitely when we have kids, I think it's important to look at all these things. Yes, for sure. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing those. I think those are just great tips for moms to get started. And especially the online option that you can just jump on and do something quick and get something out there just so you can have something in place. Absolutely. I would mention that if you have any kind of complications, you have a blended family, you have family members that you definitely wouldn't want to have custody of your kids, things like that, which happen unfortunately quite often, Mm -hmm. then I would make sure that you talk to an estate attorney, someone who can very clearly walk this through and customize for you. But like I said, if you have a simple estate, then trusted will is a perfect option. Yeah, for sure. And I know that there's a lot of actually working moms as well that some of them might even be in your group or my group, but that are attorneys and that have services and have like their own businesses online helping people do these things too. Yes, absolutely. So that's an option too. If you just kind of type in Google and see what's out there or like ask in one of the groups you're in. Yes. Perfect. So thank you so much for all of that. So I guess If you could give three tips to moms today to help get them started on a better financial path without feeling overwhelmed, what are the tips you would tell them? (laughs) So the first tip I would give is to set a time either weekly or even daily, five minutes a day can make a huge impact that you set in your calendar. And this is your time to think about money. I'd recommend doing it if you can in the morning when you have more energy and you're not, you know, bedtime, you've fallen asleep in bed with the kids, right? We've all been there. Make sure it's a time that's protected that you can think about your money. And I don't necessarily mean that you have to go through your budget or that you have to do something intense. This could just be five minutes where you watch a YouTube video or you read a blog post, or you just give yourself the space to build the habit of you being a person who thinks and works with your money. Okay. Starting there. The second thing I'd recommend is to do that bare bones budget, to go back and think about where do you actually have more agency and more choice than you think and how you use your money. Take that power back. 
And then the third thing I want you to look at, and this is actually not, you know, this is more emotional related than money related, but I want you to think about how do you want to feel about your financial situation, about your money, about your life, and really narrowing this down two to three core emotions. I want to feel empowered or intelligent or strong or giving, right? Pick your three words. And when you come up at moments where you have to make a money decision, where you have to make a choice about work, where you're feeling overwhelmed, I want you to bring those feeling words to the forefront and say, what choice could I make right now that brings me closer to those feelings? And this is going to be your guiding light because it's so easy to get caught up in what people think you're supposed to do in all of these things that really having something that centers around the person that you want to be in the relationship with money that you want will help you make those decisions when you're overwhelmed. Yeah, that's great. I love using those words and kind of thinking about like, you know, making moms feel more empowered around Mm. their money and their decisions instead of just kind of going through life, like letting everything happen to you, right? Like I know I've done that in the past where it's just like, oh, you know, I got this bill out of nowhere. I don't know why it happened. And then it's like, you're just thinking like everything's just happening to me instead of I'm in control of it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So I love that so much. So Chelsea, is there any other advice you'd like to give to moms before I move on to sort of ask you a few questions about you and your business? Absolutely. My last piece of advice would be to know that you don't have to have it figured out all at once and that you're going to make mistakes, right? I think so many of us have this perfectionist tendency, this idea that as moms, we have to do it all right, that we can't afford to make mistakes. And it's simply knowing that's part of the journey, right? We can only take the steps that we know how to take that we're going to look back no matter what we do. We're going to look back in 10 years and go, oh God, was I thinking, right? We've all done it with like, you know, our high school pictures where what are we doing with our hair or clothing? It happens with our money too. And so it's just taking the next right step and continuing to learn. Love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's amazing. So I just have a little lightning round question for you, just getting to know you a little bit better and then finding out like what you're working on in your business currently and stuff like that. Absolutely. So what is something that would be like your daily practice that's non-negotiable to you that you have to do every day, like either in the morning or in the middle of the day or at night that you really make sure that you do to start or end your day positively? Yeah. So I am big on a morning routine. I have a detailed one, but I'll give you the piece that's non-negotiable even when I'm very, very busy, which is I write what I call my 10 personal promises down every single day. So those are things that cover all areas, my business, my personal life, you know, self-development that I am trying to work on at that point. And so every Mm -hmm. day I write them down in full. I actually have a notebook that's just filled of the same sentences. And once I reach one, I change it out and do a new one. But writing that down every day really centers me on what's important and what I'm working on. Nice. Yes. The power of writing is amazing. I journal as well. And I think it's just, yeah, it's so amazing how powerful it can be. Absolutely. So what is your favorite sort of like a working mom hack, I call it, to get through like a hectic or difficult day, like some things aren't going right, maybe some things are frustrating, what would you do to sort of like shake yourself out of that? Yeah. So one of the things that I've centered in on is I use the full focus planner from Michael Hyatt's company to organize 
my day always. Mm -hmm. That focuses on picking your big three, the three things that you really want to get done that day. But every day when I write my big three, I star one. And if the day gets out of control, my only goal is to get that one thing done. And it gives me permission to, if I only have so much time, if the kids need me, if I don't, you know, I get a migraine or whatever, as long as Mm -hmm. I've gotten that one thing done, I can feel like I've accomplished what I need to accomplish and I can pick it back up the next day. I love that. Yeah. So often we kind of make these giant to-do lists for ourselves. And I've talked to other guests about this too. And then we kind of like beat ourselves up when we don't finish everything. (laughs) Oh yeah. We're good at that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So Chelsea, who are your favorite like podcasters, like a favorite influential author or other expert that has really influenced you in your life? I love Kendra Adachi from The Lazy Genius. She is fantastic and her podcast episodes are always so helpful. We've implemented so many of her strategies in our home. She's amazing. Other than that, I read and listen to podcasts so often. They're just really (laughs) (laughs) hard to choose. But I try to, one thing that I'll mention is I try to get outside my business's focus as much as possible. I read a lot of fiction. I listen to books and podcasts outside of my purview. One to just learn more and to be a well-rounded person, but also to give myself ideas of cool things that other people are doing, what's working in their businesses, and that we can Mm -hmm. potentially bring in that sometimes your own niche gets to be a little bit of an echo chamber. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I am also kind of addicted to podcasts, so I totally understand that. (laughs) Yeah. So what are you currently working on in your business that you're most excited about? Oh, that's a tough one. I think try two things with the motivated mama society we're always working on right because we bring new content into that group every single month and so that and it's a ton of fun to see all the women in there that are doing great things the new thing that we're working on is we're going to be rolling out our new mama money plan which is a planner for moms expecting their first or even their you know second or third baby that really walks you through financially preparing for that whether it's you know the emergency planning stuff that we talked about the actual budget and then also career planning what do you want to do post baby and how to make sure you're thinking through all your options and what the impacts of those are and so we're really excited to bring that about because we don't see another thing out there on the market and I know it's something that stresses out a lot of new moms and so mm-hmm. we can't wait to bring that out I love that you're pulling all of those pieces together because definitely like I know when I had my daughter five years ago, there was nothing like that, that kind of pulled everything together and kind of made you put a plan together. So that's awesome. And Chelsea, where can we find you online? Where do you hang out the most often? And then also give us all your details about Motivated Mama Society and how people can sign up for that if they're interested. Absolutely. So we are at Smart Money Mama's all everywhere. And smartmoneymamas.com is our main website. So you can come check us out there. I spend way too much time on Instagram. So feel free to DM us to go follow us there. And we're also building out our YouTube platform as well. So we'd love to see you subscribe over on that platform. For the Motivated Mama Society, if you're interested in learning more, you can go to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash join. That's going to give you the full details of the society. And I'd encourage you, you know, it's $29 a month. I'd encourage you to join for a month and try it out. I think it's one of those things where it's we've kept it low enough priced that it's worth investing, seeing how that first month in the Thriving Mindset course does for you, what it's Mm -hmm. like to be surrounded by women who are really doing incredible things with their money from starting from all different points. We have women who are making their budget for the first time and we have women who are really pursuing financial independence. And so I'd love to see you come hang out with us for a bit. 
Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you for being on the podcast today, for taking the time to come and share all of your stories and wisdom. I think it's just so amazing what you're doing. And definitely to the listeners, I'm in the Motivated Mama Society and I've gotten so much value out of it since joining. So thank you so much for that. I'm so glad to hear that, Kelly. And thanks for having me on the show. Yes, of course. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast. So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to. And it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful and just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast. Without you, I would have the podcast. So thank you so much.